This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Networks. Command codes verified. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damned who win. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made out of foreign shorts. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, And I'm coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and we are indeed live tonight going out across the airwaves and across the entire world via the miracle of the Internet, thanks to great platforms out there like For the Airwaves. We're talking about WCET out there in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. If we're talking about the Internet, we have the last frequency. We have the great folks over at ZMA Radio. We have Liberty Talk FM, and, of course, we also have the fantastic organization that is playing us live. We are doing so many different platforms that it is just the start. But we're having a fun, we're having a great time, and I'm glad to have you guys here as we do it. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are scheduled to be joined here in just a little bit by Vince 
Everett Ellison, but we have had some issue getting in touch. So usually that means we got about a 50-50 chance of actually connecting. Uh, Vince is a busy guy. He's doing a lot of stuff, and hopefully that'll work out because two other guests we had scheduled had to drive drop out during the course of the week things came up now the one thing i can tell you for sure is we are definitely expecting to get to speak with richard v battle returning to the show uh, but that won't be into the second hour so worst case scenario you're stuck with me for an hour before i bring on a guest best case scenario we get to have a great conversation with vince here in just a few moments but before we do any of that let me remind you about our good friends over at four patriots Man, it's just phenomenal, the things they have available. And right now, if you're not moving into a preparedness mindset, then you're already behind the curve. You need to be making certain that you have all the things you're going to need for you and your family to survive in the event that you have to keep your head down for an extended period of time. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you. Please be prepared. I want you to be in a position that you don't have to put yourself in harm's way just to feed your family or even just yourself. The best way to do that, visit the special site associated with this show, forpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Specialty site. Uh, you'll get to see uh, various deals of the week, and uh, it's just a great opportunity for them to uh, associate your visit with this show. So it's good for me, it's good for them, and best of all, it's good for you. The uh, specialty food, survival kits, phenomenal stuff, backup electricity, water filtration, all the things. Just go see what they've got. And they've got a lot of cool stuff, too, that even if the worst doesn't happen, you can still go out and use just if you want to go camping. Uh, just really cool stuff. Anyway, fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. What else can I say? Just go see. Go visit. That's all I can tell you. All right. So with all that being said, I'm wondering, are you ready? Are you ready if something bad happens? I mean, in your neighborhood. We're seeing what's going on around the world, and today was the day of rage. It is Friday the 13th, and how often do we get to have a Friday the 13th in the month of October? Doesn't happen too often, but it's both simultaneously pretty cool and kind of scary, mostly because of the Biden administration. That's what's making it scary, not the fact that it's Friday the 13th. We don't know what else is going on out there just because – of the insanity in people's hearts and minds and the lack of connection that people aren't able to connect the dots anymore. They don't think critically. They don't spend the time. They just latch on to the talking points of the people that they want to believe. And they go out and they regurgitate the talking points. And if you can put them off of their game, if you can take those talking points away from them, they've got nothing. So they'll find an excuse to get back. With that being said, now it's time to bring on tonight's first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we do indeed have Vince Everett Ellison on the line with us. You may remember him. Uh, it's been a little while since he was on, but he is a returning guest. 
back when the Iron Triangle was relatively new, back in 2020. This is the last time we got to talk to him. Happy and excited to have him back on. He's got a brand new book out, Crime Inc., and uh, he's also had a great documentary that we'll probably talk a little bit about, too. But b before any of that, let's welcome him back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we indeed have the honor and the privilege of getting to talk to our first guest, Vince Everett Ellison. Uh, Vince, first of all, thank you so much for joining us again. How are you this Friday? Man, today was a beautiful day in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and in America. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, you're welcome here anytime, sir. I appreciate uh, everything that you do. Uh, you're a truth teller, uh, born here in Tennessee, and uh, that uh, makes us a kindred spirit. Of course, I'm over here in eastern Tennessee, uh, just outside of Knoxville, out in Little Rockwood. But glad to have go you evolve. here. And, uh, go evolve, go evolve, go evolve. Absolutely. Uh, glad to have you here. And uh, love the fact you got the new book out. It's been out for about 10 days or so. Uh, Crime, Inc., How Democrats Employ Mafia and Gangster Tactics to Gain and Hold Power. Uh, you know, it's some obvious stuff, but for some reason it tends to continue to go without saying. Uh, and I love the fact that you do not hesitate to call it out, and it's just such – yeah, it, it's not so much courage as it is conviction on your part because you've never hesitated. You've seen – you've come from a family that worked your way up from poverty. Uh, for the folks who maybe don't know your story, and, and I can't imagine there's too many of them left out there, but just in case, just a quick overview of where you came from and how you developed the beliefs that you feel so strongly in sharing with everyone. Well, thank you so much for having me. Like you said, I am from Tennessee. I'm from Brownsville, Tennessee, actually, right between Jackson and Memphis, small town. Um, we see the Crime, Inc. story playing out in front of us now when we look at what's going on in Israel and what's going on with Hamas. We see here in America people like BLM, a lot of people on college campuses, um, they are supporting the terrorists, Hamas, the ones that are cutting off children's heads and raping women and pushed them through the street, and they are supporting them. And it goes down to what Adolf Hitler said. He said, we want to raise a generation of young people devoid of conscience, relentless, impervious, and cruel. Well, this is what he created through Crime, Inc. See, this is my story. I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee, Brownsville. My father was a sharecropper, but he aspired. I had, uh, and he decided to come out of poverty and he got involved in the insurance industry and brought his family out, me and my seven siblings. And we started a gospel singing group called the Ellison Family, went around the South singing good gospel music. And that's how I got to know about the black church and black preachers so well, because I went to so many black churches and met so many of them. After that, I went to college at University of Memphis. It was Memphis State at the time. And then I started working in a prison in South Carolina. And that's when I saw that we had not overcome. I thought that we had because my father had bought us out of poverty. But I saw that most black people had not overcome. Matter of fact, we were going backwards. And so I asked the black intelligentsia, why were all these black men being locked up? And they gave me the same old tired refrain. You know, evil, rich, white conservatives hate black people and just want to lock them up. So I was naive. And I said, really? So I, start, I, I, I left the prison system, started a nonprofit, went down in the black community. And that's when I saw something very, very interesting. When I got down there, I saw no evil, rich, white conservatives anywhere. You see a leprechaun before you saw one. But what I saw was a bunch of of black Democrats making a lot of money off of the chaos. And I called them the Iron Triangle, 
most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civil rights workers. And I found out that they were conduits between rich white liberals that lived in Manhattan and lived in L.A. and the poor black people that lived in the ghetto. And their job was to make sure the black people stayed ignorant, afraid, and poor, to keep them on the plantation for the Democrat Party, to make sure that they voted 90 percent for the Democrat Party. And they did it well. They did. And I wrote my first book about it. It's called The Iron Triangle. And Book Authority gave it the, the 61st most important political book ever written in the history of the world because it pulled off the top of this, 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 this conspiracy in the black community to keep black people under the, the thumb of the Democrat Party. I wrote my second book, 25 Lies. Simon and Schuster came after that, and I assigned me to write 25 Lies. And it was about the 25 of the Democratic Party, the most abominable, terrible lies, and how, and how to refute them. That was a bestseller. So I had two bestsellers under my, under my belt. Then I decided to do a documentary. It was called Will You Go to Hell for Me? It came from, a, it came from an event that me and my daughter ran into. We were going to, uh, we were coming home for Thanksgiving after Donald Trump was elected. And they had this long caravan of women going to the to march against Trump. And they saw my daughter thinking she was black. We stopped at McDonald's. And they can't confront her and say, will you go with us? They gave, her, they gave them this deal. They were, you know, they were liberals and pro-abortion. And my daughter looked at them and said, ma'am, I cannot go with you. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not a liberal. I vote my values. I voted for Trump. And I said, wow, why can't more Christians just say that? I'm a Christian, and I vote the values of Jesus Christ. Because if you are a Christian and you're voting for a Democrat party, a party that castrates little boys and call them little girls, a party that gives double mastectomies to little girls and call them little boys, a party that believes in nine-month abortion and maybe abortion after the child is born, a party that allows fentanyl across the border that kills 100,000 Americans a year and allows sex trafficking across the border and human trafficking across the border, a party that will take away, that, that disarm American citizens in a war zone, a party that, rest, that will restrict your right to religious liberty, to, will not allow you to pray to your God in the public square. If you're kneeling at a football game to protest your government, they will applaud you. But if you're kneeling to pray to Jesus Christ, they want to put you in jail. So I say it, and we go to hell for me, a basic question. When the Democrat Party asks a Christian to vote for them, they're asking that Christian to go to hell for them. And that's what my film was about. So now I've done a new book called Crime, Inc. And your listeners can go to my website, VinceEllison.com, VinceEllison.com, and look at all my books and check out the trailer for my video. Tucker Carlson allowed me to debut it on his show before he left Fox. He said the most powerful trailer he had ever seen. Please just look at that trailer. And once you look at that trailer, you have to, have to buy the video. You have to stream it or buy the DVD. But Crime, Inc. is about explaining to the American people how the Democratic Party is a criminal institution and how they use mafia and gangster tactics to gain and hold power. That's what it's about, and it'll rock your world. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's something that we've been able to see for a while now, uh, Vince. I mean, uh, particularly with the Biden administration, it's almost been right out in the open and plenty. They don't even seem to be hiding this stuff anymore. But the fact that you laid out the history, that you, you bring forth how long it's been an ongoing thing, which a lot of it from the very inception of the Democratic Party. I mean, as you've mentioned before, uh, they are the party of slavery, the party of lynchings, the party of uh, Jim Crow. They don't hesitate and hide it. They've just kind of rebranded themselves. So now they're not as 
out in the open about it, but then when you take the time to step back and look at the actions instead of listening to the words, they're still very much about trying to keep every minority as a second class, and as soon as any particular minority is no longer useful for them to hold on to power, they're ready to move on to the next group. Uh, and it's not just a matter of being shameful on their part. It's kind of shameful for the folks that are willfully blind to that because it's become obvious for anybody who wants to see it. Well, our Bible tells us that the tree is known by the fruit it bears. They ask Jesus Christ how we know a false prophet. He said, you won't know them by what they do or by what they say. You'll know them by what they produce. Democrat parties are always talking about what they want to do and always trying to say somebody else is a racist and always talking about they want to stop crime, this and the other. But watch what they do. Watch what they produce. Baltimore spends $21,000 per child, and, they, and not one school up there is efficient. And then they fight against school choice. Not one school is efficient in math, science, or reading. And that's everywhere in the inner city, in Detroit, in Chicago, in Memphis, in Los Angeles, wherever they rule, they make sure the people are ignorant, they make sure the people are afraid, they make sure that they are poor, and they beat them down, because this is how they maintain power. See, if they can keep you under their foot, that means you got to, you got to depend on government. If you depend on government, you got to vote for them. And they want to take God out of everything because they do not compete for power. See, I write about this in my book when I talk about where they came from. And I really hit the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King Jr. very, very hard. Martin Luther King Jr. is not what people think he was. And I prove that in my film, Will You Go to Hell for Me? and In Crime, Inc. I talk about how the Democrat Party is like the mafia and the triads and, um, and, and MS-13. They have a foreign influence. They, they didn't arrive here in, in, in America. Today's Democratic Party is not like the 1960 Democratic Party. The 1960 Democratic Party was a bunch of, you know, racist, um, bunch of um, uh, mean-spirited people that castrated and hung black people. This Democratic Party is a sophisticated group of Marxists that came out of the USSR. Let me explain. In 1956, the Comintern in, in Russia gave a direct order to his operatives in the civil rights movement to make the black community a replica of the Soviet Union. Now, I got this from a book written by Taylor Branch called American the King Years. It won a Pulitzer Prize, and Taylor Branch is a Democrat that loved Martin Luther King. So after the Montgomery bus boycott, a communist by the name of Bayard Rustin, he took, he recruited Martin Luther King Jr. and, and just introduced him to the number one communist in America. His name was Stanley Levinson. Your, your listeners can write all this down and check it if they want to. Stanley Levinson bankrolled the civil rights movement from Moscow. This is a fact. This is not hyperbole. He bankrolled it. He even gave Martin Luther King Jr. the equivalent between 1956 and 1961, the equivalent of $600,000. He's paying it. Martin Luther King Jr. tried to take over the National Baptist Convention. It was a 8 million member strong convention. And he wanted to use it to help the Marxists and the civil rights movement. So he tried to take it over in 1961, and he started a fight on the convention floor trying to get it done and killed a preacher in the process. Because of this, he was excommunicated from the National Baptist Convention, which meant he was excommunicated from the black church. Now look this up. So Martin Luther King Jr. started his own religion. It was called not the National Baptist Convention. It was called the Progressive National Baptist Convention, the PNBC. That is the sect that Raphael Warnock belongs to right now, Senator Raphael Warnock. It is an apostate sect. So most people still thought King was part of the National Baptist Convention. He was not. He was excommunicated, and the press covered it up. 
So then Stanley Levinson and Clarence Jones wrote the I Have a Dream speech. And if you dissect that speech, you will see that it basically is the antithesis to the Declaration of Independence. Let me explain. Martin Luther King Jr. said in this speech, he said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. Because according to the Declaration of Independence, and John Locke, where Thomas Jefferson got this from, our freedom is an unalienable right given to us by God. It is irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. Jefferson told the king that we are fighting against you because you are, right now, usurping our right to be free. And you have no right to touch that freedom. It is ours. God gave it to us. But King said we had to go to the government for our freedom. He said five or six times in that speech that we were not free. And even at the end of it, his old refrain was that on one certain day we'll be free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty we're free at last. You see? And we make our children say that speech every year in school saying that they are not free and that government is supposed to give them their freedom when it is anti-Christian, anti-American, and is a stone-faced, cold-blooded lie. We are free. And this is how they're turning this country around, by making our children recite lies. He said in that speech, he said, when will we be satisfied? He said, we will never be satisfied. Not until truth rolls down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. That's a fancy way of saying never. And that's what Trotsky said. Continuous revolution. Nonstop. And now, today, they're still marching. They're still fighting. He's supposed to be a Baptist preacher, and he's using extortion, which in Corinthians 6, chapter says, a distortionist will never see the kingdom of heaven. And that's what they use, extortion, laws, the gun, stalking, stalking white America, making them accept them as opposed to what Jesus said, make them love you. Change their heart. If they hate you, love them. Love them. Change their heart. You don't put a gun to a man's head to make him accept you. You don't pass the law. You change it. And this is why we're still at the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic in America. We use the tools of the devil, the black community, to get what we wanted. When Cain was angry because God would not take his offering and accept his brother's offering, God came to Cain and gave him a message and a, 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 a concept of how the human mind worked that was that's universal. He said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if not, sin waits at the door to master you, but you must master it. If you do well, will you not be accepted? What did Martin Luther King Jr. tell the black community? I want they ask us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Well, how can you do it when you don't even have boots? Yeah, that's what he said. He said, we're coming to, the, coming to Washington to get our check, to cash our check for reparations. And this is why black people, they are still running around the street crying and begging for reparations. He led us down a primrose path. And now the black community, look at, now you look at his uh, fruit from his tree. Look at the fruit. Five times more black men in prison. Found black family destroyed. Black education system destroyed. Yeah, crime, poverty. The black community at the bottom of every social, uh, a, a, an illegal immigrant can cross the river today and make more money than a black man that's been here 20 generations, Jane, in one year. That's the legacy of the civil rights movement. And after the civil rights movement, all of those hippies jumped to the Democrat Party in 1972. And that's how they turned the Democrat Party into a communist organization. A young Nancy Pelosi, 
a young Joe Biden, a young James Clyburn, all jumped from the civil rights movement right into the Democrat Party and took it over. So they came from a foreign influence. They've never been American, and they still take and they still take their marches. Or they took it from Moscow at one time. Now they take it from Beijing. That's today's Democrat Party. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, I, all I can say is Amen. Uh, the the passion has to be heard. The truth, the conviction has to be heard. And unfortunately, we still don't have enough people listening to the message. But it does feel like. People are starting to get the hint that they're starting to pay a little more attention, and I think, unfortunately, it's probably just because times are getting a little harder, and we go through this cycle. When times get tough, people start to uh, become a bit more conservative in mindset, although they won't admit it, at least as far as their financials are concerned. They'll start to pay a little closer attention and notice what's going wrong, Uh, but as soon as things get better again, uh, they go back to the preset that uh, takes them to this uh, collectivist mindset that they're currently under. Have you seen through your work uh, any real movement among uh, the folks that are willing to listen to your message? Uh, oh, yes. Back- yes, 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 yes. Uh, my, my documentary came out, and it was so interesting. A hundred, it got, after I got off Tucker that night, he had 100,000 hits on on YouTube and YouTube then censored it, said it didn't meet their standards. But this mm-hmm. same documentary, a group of a group of Republicans grabbed it and they played it in Lynchburg, Virginia. And they asked me to come down and do a talk while they played it. A thousand people showed up, mostly white. They gave a standing ovation at the end. Then they showed the same documentary, the pastor in Memphis, Tennessee, at World, at World Overcomers Church. His name, uh, his name is A.R. Williams. He saw it and played it for his congregation. It's 12,500 black people saw this movie in Memphis, Tennessee, gave it a standing ovation. You know why? Because I proved that the Democratic Party, their main goal was to make sure that black and white Christians stayed separated, that we agree on 99% of everything. I proved that Martin Luther King Jr. was not just a Marxist, that he was an apostate in that movie and in my books. I proved it, and everybody had their phones out checking it, making sure they knew. I I showed that Martin Luther King Jr. had 45 girlfriends, that he had prostitutes, that he had outside children. And this wasn't just from the FBI report. I took it from the book of his best friend, Ralph Abernathy, who said that the night before he died, he beat up Dorothy Cotton down at the Rain Motel and slept with two women that same night. Yeah, I took it from Jackie Kennedy, who talked about what John F. Kennedy said about him. Yeah, I took it from what Taylor Branch said. Who's a, who's made, who, who was a a a, a, a Democrat and 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 David Garrow, who's a socialist. Yeah, um, uh, um, uh, they also wrote about the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. Check this out was the first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award. Yeah, Margaret Sanger, the woman that started Planned Parenthood and the Negro Project to kill black people. King was having to set up abortion clinics in the black community. I know you don't believe me. Check it out. The first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award in 1966 was Martin Luther King. They tried to blame LBJ for the welfare destroying the black family. No, it wasn't. Patrick Moynihan in 1965 did the Moynihan Report, told LBJ that welfare was destroying the black family. He wanted to start a program to put the black man back in charge of his family. Johnson said, let's do it. Go to the civil rights community. Show it to them. Let them sign off on it. Instead, he went there with Martin Luther King Jr. And them. They rejected it. And in, in, in the book, Bearing the Cross, McGeorge Bundy said, it's one that Moynihan got out of that room alive. They said... And, you know, the communists want to destroy the family, and the Marxists want to destroy the family, right? 
So they said that the that the family was like slavery. They did not want welfare connected to the man but to the woman, and they demanded that LBJ put the man in house clause and welfare. Martin Luther King Jr. did that. And in one generation, the black community went from having 80% of their children being born in, in wedlock to about 80% being born out before the 70s was out. And it wasn't LBJ. It was MLK, and he wanted more. He started the Poor People's March. We had, at that time, a $144 billion budget at that time. King wanted $30 billion of it. He wanted to build houses and guaranteed health care and guaranteed this and guaranteed that. Or he said he was going to shut down D.C. So LBJ's Great Society wasn't enough for Martin Luther King Jr. He wanted more. And then he was assassinated. So when you read my book, you got to understand where we went wrong before you can make the right direction. We went wrong in 1963, and I'm the only person, one of the few people out there brave enough to say it. Because no white man can say this and live. He'll get taken out. The press will call him everything but a child of God, but I fear no man. 365 times in the Bible, God orders us to fear not for every day of the year. So I'm asking your listeners to go to VinceEllison.com and support what I do. Because these are, you're my friends. I'm out there every day fighting for you. They call you homophobes. They call you hate-filled. They call you racist. And I'm the one that stands up for you. I'm the one that says, no, the best thing that the white conservative ever did was leave the Democrat Party. He didn't leave because they, she, he or she didn't leave because they were racist. They left because they saw that they had atheists, they had Marxists, they had anti-Christian bigots, they had hippies and, and LBGTQ taking over the party, and people telling you, you ain't got to work. And they left it, and it's good they did because if they hadn't left it, they'd be exactly where white black people are right now at the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic in America. So I applaud you for having enough sense to look at that at the minute, the moral, psycho party, and leaving it before it destroyed your children like it destroyed most of ours. All right, Vince. And again, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you've already been very generous with your time. But before we say our final goodbyes, I want to make sure you have one more opportunity. Remind people the website. Let them know where you, they can find all your work. And if you're inviting people to follow you on social media, feel free to share those handles and the platforms you're on. Thank you very much, sir. You can you can follow you can follow me on Twitter or at X at Vince e. Ellison. You also can follow me on Facebook. Look up Vince Ellison. You'll find me, Vince E. Ellison or Vince Ellison on Facebook. Also, just go straight to my website, VinceEllison.com. You can get all of my books. You can get my. You can see my documentary trailer there. You can look at my blogs and some of the things I've written. Or you can just put in Vince Ellison books, and everything just shows up, and bam, you can get me on, on, on Amazon. All three of my books on Amazon or go to a bookstore near, near you, and they're there. I want to thank you all for listening to me tonight. And I get, a tire, I get tired of them attacking my friends. I get, a tire, I get tired of them, these anti-Christian bigots, attacking my Christian brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are one blood. One blood. We have to stand together and stop letting these people divide us. I love you all. And we got to bring love back to this world. But we have to also let them understand. I love you. I'll hate you. I, I don't hate you. I will not live in condemnation for you. And, and, and uh, if you need a good preacher, I'll find you one. If you need a job, I'll find you one. I'll help you exercise your freedom because you're a free man like me. But if you try to hurt me or take anything from me or mine, I got two things that'll get you off of me. That's Jesus and my 38. You better not try me.
Love you all. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything else left to say after that, Vince. Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, just keep up the, the fight, sir. We need pe- more people like you in it. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty much speechless at that point, other than to say, God bless, Godspeed to you. And I hope we can get a chance to talk again uh, soon. Thank you, sir. My my friend, contact me anytime. I love to speak with you. I love to talk with you. Thank you so much. And All thank right, you, thank listeners. You. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Vince Everett Ellison. Uh, Like I said, uh, last time we were able to get him on, uh, the Iron Triangle had just come out. If you didn't get a copy of that then, by all means, you need to do that. You really need a copy of the brand-new book, uh, Crime, Inc. And uh, while you're at it, go over to Vince E. Ellison. Check out at least the trailer for the – for the documentary, uh, a very powerful trailer. Once you see that, it's going to be hard to resist going ahead and uh, getting the whole movie. Uh, you do have to stream it, but it is worth the money. I, I can tell you that. Uh, in the meanwhile, we are a little past the mid-hour break, but you know what? Since we don't have a second uh, segment guest, oh, we had some flexibility, and I wasn't about to interrupt Vince as he was going. Uh, it would have been silly of me to try. I'm not even sure I could, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, um, I wasn't about to. He was on fire. And it's a strong message that more people need to hear. So it would have been dumb of me if I could. All right, you guys don't go anywhere. Doug's about to hit those magic buttons. And uh, when we come back on the other side, uh, we'll hit a few uh, quick topics. And I just might go on a rant. I'll try to keep it calm, though. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to Tap and Tap into the Truth. Whomever belongs to a cult or cabal organization that caused for the enslavement or wipeout of those who don't believe as they do must themselves be brought to heel. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Space from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Khalid Mashal, the former leader and founding member of Hamas, called for a global Muslim uprising in support of the Philistines, commonly known today as the British-anointed Palestinians. Mashal emphasized the need for Muslims to sacrifice and carry jihad, including the willingness to offer blood and souls to advance the Philistine, I mean Palestinian, cause. He demanded that Muslims worldwide display their anger, not just in Muslim countries, but also in the diaspora communities around the world. The Philistine-slash-Palestinians know darn well they are promoting a big lie carrying on as if the land in Israel belongs to them. It does not. Their goal is to be crazed in angry human debris, bringing nothing but destruction wherever they go. His call for undisguised international unrest must be met with unfriendly persuasion so he and his ilk understand. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. I'm... Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays to find out where at the Edwards Notebook One on Truth Social. 
Beanstalk's designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalk's is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly from your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. 
It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. From all of us here at MyPillow, Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Uh, appreciate you hanging with us through that very brief break. Obviously, uh, lots of things going on in the world. We'll get started about a couple of them right after I remind you about our friends over at Vanish Holsters. Yes, that's right. Uh, before, I was talking about Ford Patriots because they're going to go a long way towards helping you be ready for all those little things when life kind of goes a little sideways. But our friends over at Vanish Holster, they're a little more focused on one particular thing. They want to make sure that if you are legal to carry, that you will not have any excuses not to. Look, it is a God-given right to defend yourself. It's not granted by the Constitution. It's enshrined and protected by the Constitution. Therefore, is supposed to be protected by our federal government, although when Democrats are in charge, they seem to forget that that's their job. At the end of the day, you can't count on the government to protect you. You can't expect the police to be there to help you. Even if you are living in a place where the cops are doing their absolute dead set best, there is still a thing called reaction time. What are the odds of the police being right there when stuff goes down? Now, it does happen every now and then, but it's rare. Ultimately, you never know when that very bad, no good, terrible moment will arrive where you are face-to-face with someone who wants to do you harm, wants to do harm to your family. You have to be ready to defend yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, even just your property, even though the left really goes nuts when we talk about that. Bottom line is you can't let any excuses pop up and keep you from legally caring. 
one of those big excuses, if you're like me, uh, you pick out a holster that's just not very comfortable. Well, guess what? Vanish has you covered. Thousands of their customers swear that it's the most comfortable holster, period. Not me, not them, thousands of their customers, thousands of people that have bought and are loving Vanish holsters. Beyond that, Vanish has worked at trying to help you save money. And they were doing this even before Bidenomics was in effect. But at this point in time, you have to take full advantage of the opportunity when somebody's trying to save you money. How does Vanish holsters save you money? They're designed to work with almost all semi-automatic handguns, so you don't have to have a different holster for every gun. It's designed to work without a tactical belt, which does two things. Number one, that uh, added expense of the tactical belt that you might not have been thinking about when you picked out your holster, that's not a factor anymore. It will hold two magazines so that you're in a position to do a quick reload if you need to. And... Uh, the other thing that the no tactical belt does is it allows you to carry in different positions. If one position's not particularly comfortable for you or doesn't work particularly well for you, you can change the position. You can find one that does work for you. It's a phenomenal product. If you are a uh, legal gun carrier, there is no reason for you not to have a vanish holster. No reason at all. But, hey, don't take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. You can do that by visiting www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Don't forget to use the backslash T-A-P-P. It automatically activates for you a $40 discount on anything that you decide to buy if you do. And, again, if you've checked it out before and you've been holding off, uh, I've got to nudge you to – Go ahead and make that purchase sooner rather than later because the folks over at Vanish have impressed upon me the importance of letting you know that a price increase is coming before the end of the year. And uh, we're pretty close to halfway through October now, guys. Not a lot of the year left. Take full advantage of the opportunity while your dollar still has some buying power and before that price has to go up. Take advantage of the discount, too. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go ahead. Do it now. Don't waste your time. Uh, Now, also, I talk about uh, on the MyPillow ad uh, visiting MyPillow.com. There is a particular landing page if you would prefer, and I would like it. It's not going to hold you back any from what you're going to see. You will get to see special deals and sales going on at any particular moment, and that's MyPillow.com backslash T-A-P-P. That is also a thing you can do. Uh, And again, before I get into this next thing, I'll also remind you, I'm still encouraging people to visit FixSwollenFeet.com. Uh, the Native Path folks, they're not sponsoring the show anymore, but the link is still live, so the ability to save money is still there, and I still can't impress upon you enough how great their product has worked for me. Uh, I would encourage you to at least give it a try. Uh, worst case scenario, you spend a little bit of money, and it doesn't work much better than anything else you're trying. But given my experience 
I think that's unlikely. I think you're going to get some benefit from it regardless. And this, it's been designed, uh, not designed, it's been shown to improve circulation, blood, uh, blood flow, brain health, uh, blood pressure, and, of course, reduce inflammation and joint pain. Uh, it's just good stuff. Anyway, let's let's get to let's get to this. Uh, I've got two stories I wanted to do kind of a quick hit on, and at this point, I don't have a whole lot of time left for a rant, so that's probably a good thing. I'll I'll try to save my righteous indignation for the second hour. And I'll <laughs> if you've been listening to the show previous to this week, the Sunday and the Tuesday show then you probably already got a pretty good idea about how I feel uh, in regards to the whole uh, Palestinian terrorist attacks in Israel. Uh, that is a topic that I've been covering extensively, and I know it's a topic a lot of other people are, are covering as well. But it's important that we break through the wall of willful ignorance, where these people seem to think that Israel is an apartheid state. Those people don't know what the freaking word means, evidently. They think that uh, the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip have been living under occupation. There has not been an Israeli presence in the Gaza Strip since 2005. It's 2023 now, guys. It's been a minute. That's the kind of thing that we have to fight our way through to get these people to understand. Every time they talk about, well, these young men in Hamas, they, uh, they've only known uh, hostile aggression from Israel. And yet they won't mention the fact that every time there has been a military action, it's been in response to something. Oh, it's inhumanitarian. It's inhumane for Israel to turn off the electricity and the water to Gaza. The electricity and water that they've been providing for free because Hamas, the duly elected and supposed legitimate government of the Gaza Strip, they haven't bothered to provide anything. They haven't bothered to build infrastructure. They've taken uh, the pipes that were supposed to be used to build some water infrastructure and some sewage infrastructure, and they turned it into rockets and rocket launchers. <coughs> That's what they've been dealing with. There is no moral equivalency, and this is a clash of culture, not of race, not of tribalism, but culture. A culture where they believe in the 12th Imam. A culture where they believe in following the death cult worst machinations of Muhammad. They tell you themselves who they are and what they believe. They tell you themselves that they want the eradication of all Jews everywhere. And if you listen to them long enough, they'll also tell you they feel pretty much the same way about everybody that doesn't believe exactly the way they do. It's not just limited to the Jews. The Jews are just their current primary target. But there's crazy stuff going on here in the States. Uh, quick hit right here. You may not hear this one covered too many places, so I want to sneak it in here. There is a New Jersey crisis pregnancy center uh, that is facing a legitimate effort from a 
naturally democratic lawmaker that is on a crusade to shut down the crisis pregnancy center. In fact, wants to shut all crisis pregnancy centers down in the entire state of New Jersey, calling them brainwashing cult clinics, saying that he would be working to shut down the, quote, anti-choice crisis pregnancy center. Let me remind you, crisis pregnancy centers are typically Christian faith-based operations. And their idea is to try and promote you, if you become pregnant, to honor the life, to, to, to have some belief in the sanctity of life, to let your child live, to put it up for adoption if that's the situation. But most of these organizations also help you, especially if you're financially – What's what's the nice way to put it here? Uh, so many of these oh, woke mentalities uh, it puts you where you ha you're in danger of being canceled if you simply say that you're broke, you're poor. You can't say stuff like that. <clears throat> Financially struggling. Uh, what's the good term? It doesn't matter what the term is. What matters is if it's the financial side of things that has you thinking you need to terminate that pregnancy, they're there to help provide both materials and medical care after the fact, too. Most of them do. Now, there may be a few of them out there that are limited in how they go about doing that. I can tell you the ones here in Tennessee go above and beyond, and I know that these around here aren't the only ones. The problem is… Most Democrats want these women thinking, yeah, you have to just abort the baby. You have to go kill. You have to go murder the pre-born baby human. Now, to me, that mindset is utterly ridiculous. <coughs> Debbie uh, Provencher, I, I believe is the pronunciation of her last name. Uh, Debbie, uh, no disrespect if I butchered that. Uh, Debbie's the executive director of Lighthouse. Uh, Debbie said in a statement that we're deeply disappointed. I would have been happy to meet with the congressman and educate him on the work we do had he reached out to me. To our knowledge, he has never visited any Lighthouse facility to learn about the services that we offer to those facing unexpected pregnancies and to underserved patients. She said that the center has provided, 50, I'm sorry, I was going to say 5,300. Um, that's accurate, but it's 5,300 either way. They provided 5,300 women and men with help since 2011. The center provides ultrasounds and other resources to pregnant women and gives information on the negative side effects of abortion. So for that, Democrats in New Jersey are on a crusade, a jihad, if you will, to try to end the so-called brainwashing cult clinics. All right, I got just a few minutes left here in the first hour. So I wanted to mention this. There's been some reporting of this. It's still getting kind of lost in the background. But evidently at this moment in time, uh, I've been talking a lot, especially since Sunday, about how 
what has transpired with Hamas definitely had to be greenlit by Iran, which means also Russia had to know and probably did provide some level of assistance as well. But given the current axis that has formed, the current partnerships and uh, relationships, that also means that China was aware. So if China is aware, then that means their client state of North Korea is aware. Well, we moved a carrier off the coast of South Korea. Now all of a sudden, North Korea is upset. They're accusing the U.S. of, quote, an undisguised military provocation. It's a provocation, guys. This American aircraft carrier battle group arrived in South Korea. The USS Ronald Reagan sailed to the southeastern port. Showed up on Thursday. Did this after participating in naval exercises with Japan and South Korea in international waters. And North Korea's rattling their saber. And you know what? China likes that too. China wants us worried about and locked down and putting our resources, spreading them thin everywhere so that when they decide to go ahead and move against Taiwan, we won't be in a position to do jack about it except whine a little bit, let the old man go out on the uh, White House lawn and raise his fist and howl at the moon and, and, you know, get off my lawn, you crazy Chinese people invading Taiwan. That That's... How Biden says Taiwan, by the way. Taiwan, I don't know if you noticed that, just like it's some strange name. But I just find it interesting that North Korea is trying to saber-rattle right now because we're being pulled in a lot of different directions, boys and girls. They're pushing this because they want us distracted. It's just that simple. All right, no real rant. I guess close enough there to start with. It's time for us to reset the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other side, we will be joined by Richard B. Richard V. Battle. I'm trying to enunciate. Glad to have him coming back on. Maybe he can help me make some sense of this craziness because I'm having trouble on my own, that's for sure. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Network.
I'm Richard Battle, author and speaker and media commentator, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tapping the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show as we dive headlong into hour number two. Uh, we are, of course, doing the live show. It is Friday. We've got folks listening from all around the world on multiple platforms, and thank each and every one of you. And if you do happen to be one of the folks listening to the <laughs> podcast after the fact, hey, sorry you missed the live show, but thanks for listening just the same. Uh, you just heard Richard V. Battle, a pro- prolific author. I think it's a bit of an understatement. Uh, before we uh, start talking to Richard, though, because he is our guest tonight for the second hour, I do have to, you know, remind you about some of our sponsors. Sponsors for this hour, well, the first one, we're talking about... Four Patriots. And now, Four Patriots, of course, has a ton of products that are going to go a long way towards keeping you safe if you need to stay locked down for a little while, whether it's because of terrible storms that uh, knock off your electricity or flood your roads, keep you from being able to go about, whether it's some man caused event, civil unrest. Uh, anything, any reason at all why you can't get out and about, and, and it may be a minute before you can safely, they've got you covered with a lot of stuff, whether it's the survival food kits, the backup solar power electricity. Doug right now in the control room has got his four Patriots uh, light, and he, he's showing it uh, around, dancing in front of the camera, loving his product. He's got it turned on, too. It's pretty bright, actually especially for a solar-powered item. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just they've got so much cool stuff. All I can tell you is that what you need to do at this point is go see for yourself everything that they've got. And right now, you go to a specific landing page associated with this show, you'll get to see Deals of the Week and everything else they've got going on, too. But the, the Deals of the Week will be featured And you should take full advantage as best you can. Now, how do you take advantage of that, you may ask? Well, I'm glad you asked because the easiest way to do that is to go to www.4patriot.com backslash T-A-P-P. Important to use the backslash T-A-P-P because that's how they know I sent you. And that way it's a win-win-win, you know. Everybody wants a win-win. You get a third win here. They win because they get a great customer. You. I win because they know I sent you. And you win because you get some really great stuff that even if all you ever do is take it camping, it's been worthwhile. If you never need it for an emergency, that's great. But it's best to be prepared just in case. Way better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. All right. Let's let's – wind that down that's enough of that business i love the guys over at four patriots but you guys are here to listen to my guests ladies and gentlemen first and foremost his most recent book the unopened present uh one of my favorite books from his was the one immediately before that made in america by americans not americans uh the daily devotional before that life's daily treasures uh 
in so many other books before that too. But first time I got to talk to him, Life's Daily Treasures was one of those brand new things. I want to thank Richard. Uh, he was scheduled to join us for uh, the second half of tonight's broadcast. And like I said, our, our our scheduled guest that was supposed to be for this segment had to back out some personal stuff going on. And so we got to thinking, to say, I wonder if Richard would be available and interested in spending the whole hour with us. And much to my pleasure, Richard says yes. So, again, Richard, thank you so much for coming on and, and being part of our show tonight and joining us for a full hour. How are you tonight? Tim, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and share ideas with your audience. All right. Now, there's two primary topics I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, the first one was, of course, what we were going to talk about initially uh, when we first scheduled, which was about a week ago uh, when we did the confirmation, and that is all this craziness going on at the House of Representatives when it comes to the speakership, and and we'll discuss that here in a bit. But I also want to make sure that we spend a a reasonable amount of time talking about this situation going on in Israel, because while the media has done what we expect them to do, and I'm quite certain that as Israel moves into Gaza and starts working towards eradicating Hamas, they're also going to do what they've always done in the past, and that's take every opportunity to try to flip the script and make Israel look like the bad guy. But I think the scariest thing to me, especially yesterday and today, is seeing the number of American citizens that were out on the streets showing support for these terrorists who just so horribly went about attacking, killing, murdering, raping innocent people and they have this mentality and mindset but uh, if i get started on that now we won't get to anything else it's been (laughs) the primary thing for the last week as far as i've been talking about since sunday i haven't been able to get too far away from any other topic but let's start with the this house mess uh, because something tells me we can get through it pretty quickly uh we saw (laughs) the, the removal of uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Matt Getz seems to still have been uh, grinding that personal axe. We saw Steve Scalise take the early uh, favorite spot. We saw him uh, back out of it yesterday. And as of today, now the Republicans have officially nominated Jim Jordan. But he still doesn't have the number of votes to get past that threshold to become the speaker, at least as of yet. Uh, what's been your take on this since the beginning? Well, a couple of things to kind of back it up a little bit. Uh, whether you like Matt Gates or not, it took a huge amount of political courage to do what he did a couple of weeks ago and step up and call to vacate the chair. And back in the mid-50s, there was a book ghostwritten for John F. Kennedy called Profiles in Courage, and Matt Gates would have qualified for that chapter. And again, that that doesn't say you agree or disagree with what he did, but the courage he had to put out there was amazing. And to me, what it looks like is back in January, if we'll remember, we had a group hold out for McCarthy. And one of the things they held out for was votes on regular orders of business on the 12 budget items. 
And that did not happen. And the Republicans took all of August and half of September off, did no work on that whatsoever. They knew a deadline was coming up, and they sat there till the last minute. And if we look back, the last time a regular order budget was passed was 1997. Since then, there's been 21 government shutdowns. There's been 130 continuing resolutions. And when you do a budget, there has to be a give and take, and people don't always get to spend the money they want. But with these continuing resolutions, I believe more people get to spend more money, which abuses we taxpayers far more so uh, than if we had a budget. And so I'm hoping these Republican holdouts are holding out for a return to regular order and budgets. Yeah, I certainly can agree with that. I, anybody who's listened to this show on the regular has heard me lament often about the fact that we've not had an actual budget in a very long time. That we haven't been willing to, to fight those battles. They much prefer continuing resolutions and omnibus packages because it allows them to use the excuse of having to work in a hurry and then having to, you know, give up some of these things they should have been standing on principle about in order to make sure that we could continue to pay our soldiers and that nobody missed a social security check. And it makes for good politics for a group of people that have basically abandoned their actual jobs. Uh, and that's something else I've lamented a lot uh, <laughs> over the years, Richard. It seems to me like with every passing year, uh, the House in particular, but the Senate as well, they've just made this decision wholesale that it's much easier for them to run and get reelected if they have an issue to run on than it is for them to actually try to solve a problem. And so they haven't bothered even making the effort. They'd advocated a majority of their work, and they expect the other branches to be the bad guys. They don't ever want to be on the record anymore. Uh, is there any yes, of that it, as far as watching this that, well, that you see as well? Well, no, I agree with that 100 percent. And when Nancy Pelosi said we have to pass the bill to see what's in it, that mm -hmm. applies whether it's a continuing resolution from a Republican Congress or Democrat Congress. And only three or four people who negotiate the specifics know the detail. The rest of the House and Senate members don't know until they pass it because that's the way they want it. And that's part of the ad abdicating their responsibilities. The other thing they've done is they put two-thirds or more of the budget on quote-unquote autopilot with a baseline funding that goes up automatically each year so they don't have to go on the record and vote for it. And they whine about it, but they're the ones that can change it, and they don't do anything to change that. And if they were in a business where you had zero-based budgeting every year and you had to justify every bit of every budget every year like a business, uh, we would have much better results. And as I always tell people, the last constituent considered in all legislation is the taxpayer. Yeah, yeah and there's just no other way to look at it. I mean, you constantly have these people that try to make excuses, but – when you hear 
uh, in particular, Democrats. Nancy Pelosi said this a bajillion times uh, in recent years, but she's far from the only one. They talk about tax cuts as if that's creating a deficit. And the reason they talk about tax cuts, even though lots of time tax cuts leads to more investment and in the economy getting stronger and allowing them to actually collect more in taxes because there's more taxable income, they ignore all that. And essentially they've adopted this mentality that all of the money is theirs and we should just shut up and be happy they let us keep any of it. <laughs> well, that's true. And uh, I believe the especially the Democrat Party, but it's getting more so Republicans as well. Their political platform basically is trust me and don't ask any questions. They don't want any public involvement. They don't want any questions. They want to be able to go up there and play the game without any of us being involved and all of us being asleep. And the more that we do what they want, the more of this we're going to get. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just it, – it really shakes me to my core, Richard, the fact that more voters don't demand more from their elected officials. Uh, I mean, how many times do you have to be ignored before you decide, I'm just not going to vote for you again? I mean, even if I vote for this guy down the street that uh, I've known all my life and I wouldn't trust him with a ham sandwich, I still know that at least he knows who I am, so he's going to be more responsible and uh, more answerable to me than the guy I've been sending, whether we're talking about state capital or even county government. Uh, obviously, the closer to you we get, the more responsive they typically tend to be. But all politicians have become so dismissive, and they just continue to act so surprised when there's a negative result from a policy that they have promoted, whether we're talking about the southern border, which is one of the topics you talk about a lot, or the uh, decision that we should reduce the number of police in high crime areas, and then we're going to be so surprised that crime gets even worse. Uh, how do we get to the point where even the folks that typically don't pay any attention at all decide to start voting differently so we can fix it is it just a case of it not being bad enough yet and if so how bad does it have to get well i, I think so and as the late william f buckley said and i agree with him i'd rather be governed by the first 535 people in the new york city phone book than congress and one of the big issues and this has happened much more so since world war ii has become the rise of the professional politician. And our system was set up for citizen and self-governance where people would be elected to go to their state capital or go to Washington, serve one or two terms, and go home. And they would make laws that their neighbors would be governed by, and they would have to abide by. And then when they would go home, their neighbors who would go serve would make laws that they would have to abide by. And so no one abused the other constituents because they knew that those people might be the next ones in office and might come back after them. Well, now these lifetime politicians who sometimes, like our current White House occupant, never had a private job, uh, they serve forever and ever and ever. And there's such an entitlement feeling that they know better, even though they've never been anywhere except public service. 
And I would trust someone who ran a lemonade stand as a kid and worked their way through high school and maybe had a little bit of college, much more so than a person who's only had a professional politician's career. And that's one of the big problems we have. Term limits would solve it. I think we only get it through a convention of states. Yeah, sadly, you're right. I, there's no way any of these people are going to vote against their own interests first, uh, no matter how often they may promise to do so. Uh, it is a rare individual that keeps any of those promises. Uh, circling back towards the speakership of the House, obviously, if we're going to be able to get very much done uh, moving forward, we, we've got to get a speaker elected. Uh, like I mentioned earlier today, we found out that now the Republicans are nominating uh, Jim Jordan, who I think would be a pretty good choice. Uh, what I'm afraid of is that if Jim Jordan doesn't get there, uh, now with some of the positioning that uh, whispers going on behind the scenes and a lot of people reacting to a, what was really a good speech – uh, Kevin McCarthy could end up sneaking his way back into the spot, even though he has, at least to this point, is still supposed to have officially removed himself from uh, looking to seek the position. Uh, now he's open to it if they need him back kind of thing. Uh, how do you see this playing out, and who do you expect will end up being the next speaker? Well, I think McCarthy's playing a, a political tactic, knowing that if he campaigned for it, he wouldn't get it, but hoping that things would be so bad that they would come back and ask him to do it, which would in, increase his power. Uh, I like Jim Jordan. I think it's difficult because there are so many moderates that may not trust him. Uh, my number one concern, if he became speaker, is how will that detract from the other work that he's done? which and is doing, which to me is so vital. And if he can't do it, who will take his place on that, on those committee situations? Uh, and will they do as good a job there? Because he's doing some vital work right now. And the only other negative I've heard about Jordan compared to McCarthy is McCarthy is a much better fundraiser. And, of course, we need the funds raised. Uh, I don't know if – Jordan applied himself and went out and raised funds, which he never has really prioritized, if he would be that much less than McCarthy or not. But that's used against him uh, from people who don't want him to become speaker. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I, I kind of like the fact that he's not that good at it because he's focused on doing the job. Uh, he's one of the few folks that you feel like is actually committed to trying to do the work of the people. Uh, obviously, uh, you have to take all politicians with a certain level of guardedness and with a grain of salt because a lot of them see the job as being a professional liar. And in some cases, that's pretty much the instance. I don't think that's the case with Jim Jordan. But uh, the downside here is the only person in the House that seems to be better at fundraising, at least on the GOP side, uh, that was better than McCarthy – it's Steve Scalise, and now he's having to step back. Um, I, I hate that uh, well, Steve is having the medical issues that he's currently having. Uh, I, I'm not even 100% certain that he's really come all the way back from the shooting at the baseball game uh, when the Bernie Sanders supporter uh, got a little out of control, shall we say. But the, the fact that he would be probably ideal 
from that aspect of the political side, which is something, like you pointed out, we definitely need. Uh, if we're going to get more real conservatives in, we need the Republican Party because that's the only place conservatives come from. Not all Republicans are conservative, but all conservatives uh, have to align with the Republican Party, generally speaking. Um is there someone else in the House or maybe someone who's not in the House, since technically you don't have to be a member, that you would prefer to see someone you think would be a much better choice? Well, I was just getting ready to throw you that curveball because if I had my wish, I would wish that someone from outside the House would be Speaker. I don't want it to be President Trump. Uh, if he did it, it would get in the way of his campaign, just like the trials are. I would want it to be someone from outside the political world, someone that would be seen as neutral from a political standpoint within the Republican Party, but have conservative principles, someone who's been proven in the real world, real world accomplishments, and that could come in and be a leader. Uh, I detest the word organizer. I like the word leader much better and someone who could bring the group together and lead them in principled action. Yeah. Someone who's had to meet a payroll, who has been a failure in the past, pick themselves up, become successful, learning those important lessons, and hey, probably wouldn't hurt to have some military experience as well, uh, reaching a, an officer level at some point. Uh, I, I think that would check a lot of the boxes. And yeah, I would love for somebody to be setting that agenda who has those real world experiences that would be helpful, but who isn't concerned overly about oh, well, I need to get reelected, so I have to play politics first and do the rest of this later. I, I think that would be ideal. I, unfortunately, I don't see these people doing that either, but do you have somebody in particular in mind that you think uh, would fit that bill, though, someone you would like? Well, and first let me say I think it's really uh, reflective of what we talked about a few minutes ago, that if you look back 1860 to 1900 a little Beyond that, nearly every president had been a major officer in the military. Uh, we went for a while in between. The last grand military officer we had was Dwight Eisenhower. And what's interesting is the decline of that has coincided with the rise of the professional politicians. And whereas before, when you had citizen politicians, I think they appreciated people who had that experience leading men, especially at that time in combat, uh, more so than we have today. Uh, I think you've, you're going to have to find somebody who's possibly served as Secretary of Treasury, somebody who's led uh, large business concerns. I mean, in, in years ago, a Lee Iacocca would have been a possibility, for example. Uh, you have people like Elon Musk would be of the type, although I don't think he would do it at this time, but someone who's been through uh, the economy and knows what it really is like and can pair the government back to what it's supposed to do and then enable the taxpayers to get the foot off their neck so they can live and prosper and we can rebuild this economy that's in the ditch right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that really is the only way to do it. We've got to reverse all of the 
Bidenomic policies. We first and foremost, we've got to get back to energy independence. We're more than capable. All you have to do is uh, pull back all of these restrictions that they have in place and let these companies do what they do best. Uh, It's absurd to pretend like uh, from the green side of uh, the leftist part of the political spectrum that all the energy companies are evil, when in fact most of the energy companies have been leading the way in improving their environmental impact on the areas in which they're uh, acquiring the resources, whether we're talking about oil, natural gas, or coal. Uh, Granted, some of these companies have had a spotty track record in the past, but they've worked really hard to improve it, and they too realize what most conservatives do from, from the very beginning, and that is we are the conservators of this world. Uh, we're not out to ruin it for profit. We know we have to take care of it. In fact, I tend to think conservatives are more focused on conservation. I see it's right there in the name, I know, <laughs> than a lot of the lefties are. Because if you look at, oh, solar and wind power, you're seeing a lot of damage done to the environment that you, you just don't find somewhere like in Anwar when we were drilling there. They, they go in and the place is pristine when they're not working it's in better condition uh it's just absurd but if we can get back to energy independence we can get back to lowering the tax rates on businesses and encouraging uh, businesses and encourage people to spend in a fashion that doesn't involve just handing out free checks and driving inflation up so much gets better so fast that it would make their heads spin Uh, i mean donald trump his policies we saw very quickly they were able to undo a lot of economic damage that had been done from previous administrations because they refused to take these regulations and and free up the engine, the economic engine that is America. Uh, who do we have that can do that now? Well, and I want to say January 20th, 2021, Joe Biden's inaugurated – Day one, he declares war on the oil and gas industry. We were energy independent. And from that day forward, our prices have gone up. And guess who's made all the money off of the oil and gas production that they're doing while we're restricting how much we do? Russia and Iran. And they're using those increased profits that they're making not to not to build vehicles or explore for more oil oil and gas, but they're both in war-making nuclear energy and nuclear bomb-making industries right now with these excess dollars that we enable them to earn. And see, that's one thing that President Trump knew. Energy independence not only lowers costs for us, it restricts Russia's only cash uh, economy business, and it really hurts Iran also. And if they have less funds, they, they can cause less trouble. Yeah. And don't forget, Richard, oh, you know this, but for the benefit of the listeners, uh, I seem to know this other country that seems to be part of that little axis that has a stranglehold on the majority of rare earth minerals that are necessary to build the batteries for these electric cars they're pushing so hard. Uh, we're also helping to embolden China. Uh, and we definitely don't need to 
help them out any given their current efforts at being hyper aggressive and uh, you know just not nice people on the world stage richard stay where you're <laughs> well, at yes, uh, we're but i'm sorry go ahead well i was going to say and we see every day more coordination between china iran and russia on this situation in israel and guess who's teed up next for conquest and that's taiwan Absolutely. All right. Stay where you are, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. We're about to take a real quick break. But before we do that, though, I want to remind everybody about our friends over at Vanish Holster first. I know uh, Doug's going to to push the button and <laughs> go ahead but vanish holster you guys you got to check it out if you are legally eligible to carry do so things are getting crazy out there you do not want to be at someone else's mercy in the event that things go bad now i'm not encouraging you to take actions of to violence i just want you to be ready to defend yourself your family your friends your neighbors your property if it becomes necessary hopefully it never happens but you have to be ready and how do you do that have your firearm on you you know do the things train with it make sure you're comfortable with what you're carrying but vanish holster is designed to help you in a multitude of ways number one if you're like me you went out you bought a holster before that you thought looked great uh, went real good with the firearm that you chose but it was just so gosh darn uncomfortable you slowly stopped carrying altogether bad move vanish holster is the most comfortable holster period uh, not my words thousands of their customers say so beyond that they're designed to save you money in the age of bidenomics who can afford not to save money right it's designed to work with almost all semi-automatic handguns it will hold two additional magazines it's designed to work without a tactical belt you can carry in multiple positions there is literally so many positives with vanish holsters that i can't pack it all into the 60 seconds plus that i normally try to so just go see for yourself visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Be sure to use the backslash T-A-P-P because that will automatically activate for you a $40 discount. And again, as I've been reminding you, there will be a price increase before the end of the year. So go now before that price increase. Take full advantage of what buying power your dollar has left despite Biden's best efforts to nullify it. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Stay with us. More Richard Battle on the other side of the break. You have the right. I have the right. We all have the Second Amendment right. And that's the truth with Tim Tapp. At a time when taxpaying Americans in Israel are relying on their government for support and protection, the Biden regime shows... 
Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Space from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The U.S. State Department's Consular Affairs Crisis Management System has left many taxpaying Americans dangling in the wind, demanding them to sign promissory notes as a precondition for any assistance in evacuating them from the war crisis in Israel. The so-called assistance department options were outlined in an email sent to sovereign Americans stranded in Israel stating that the U.S. government would offer loans for transportation. The Biden regime's assistance to Americans wishing to depart Israel will come at a financial cost. I find this Biden regime arrangement to be a most reprehensible insult to Americans on so many levels. First of all, we the people pay exorbitant taxes, which pay for protecting wicked Ukraine while our border remains wide open. Biden funds Iran with our tax dollars, and now Americans must pay to be rescued? Just goes to show you. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live 3 p.m. Eastern weekdays to find out where. Go to at the Edwards Notebook 1 on Truth Social. The second goal is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best. Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say i got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work. 
America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at redballoon.work. I'm Andrew Krabsch... Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschetz from redballoon.work. Check us out today. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. Sharing the night together. We are indeed sharing Friday night together, and I appreciate you so very much for doing that. Thanks for hanging out with me and all of my guests tonight. And here in the hour number two, that means Richard V. Battle. He's been with us uh, for the entire hour, or at least the first half of it so far. He's still hanging out with us. And I love every opportunity I get to talk to Richard, but it's a special treat to get to have an extended conversation. And uh, his his insights are phenomenal. Uh, he's a man of faith. He he inspires so many people with the work he does. Uh, I can't tell you how happy I am to have gotten to know him what little bit I have by virtue of these opportunities we have to talk. Uh, if you haven't picked up any of his books, you are really missing out. You, you really should just check it out. Richard, before we get into any other topic, uh, I want you to go ahead and take this opportunity to remind everybody where they can find your work, share the websites, as long as you're inviting people to follow you on social media, share the handles and the platforms, uh, all that kind of stuff. Go ahead and throw it out right now, and then we'll jump back into things. Well, I appreciate those kind words, Tim, and that opportunity. Uh, Richard V. Battle on Amazon or any other bookseller, uh, 10 different books. Eight of them are available on Kindle as well, six on audio, uh, all uplifting messages designed to help inspire, motivate, and give ideas to hopefully help people's lives where they are today. And my website's richardbattle.com. You can see all the other different things we do there uh, at richard v battle is the handle at x and we're on all the other social media platforms as well all right uh obviously i i can't speak highly enough of your last three books uh it, of course it, it's still it's so much great material and again i want to encourage everybody if you haven't picked them up if you haven't read them you really, really should. You're missing out. It's great stuff. It is inspirational, uh, very pro-American, very pro-God, very pro-family, uh, and, and it's it's not pretentious. It's not preachy, and it's coming from a place, uh, in some of these cases, uh, from uh, heartache and just 
surviving and, and finding God and strengthening your life that way. I, again, if you fancy yourself as someone who is spiritual, but you haven't found your path yet, uh, these books will be a great gateway to Christianity as well. Uh, but at the very least, expose yourself to the ideas. I, I, I just I can't speak highly enough of them. It's just great stuff, period. Uh, Richard? Uh, again, it's part of that inspirational side that you have that I'm kind of glad that we have this opportunity to talk about this topic because, man, I just – I can't wrap my mind around how anybody can be supportive of Hamas to find excuses, to, to look to normalize the idea, to somehow blame Israel for this horrific attack. I – I, I said I made a mistake when I was talking to some folks uh, when I was watching some of these videos that Hamas had been posting, showing the atrocities of the things they were doing, bragging about it. You know, it wasn't Israel putting it up there. It wasn't meant to be propaganda against them. This was meant as a recruiting tool. <coughs> Excuse me. And the more I saw this, the more – it broke me. I saw a couple of these videos, Richard, and I I had no choice but to just stop where I was, drop to my knees, and pray. No, I can't be the only one that, that this happened to. But then I turn around and I see protesters uh, here in the United States. I see acts of violence in other Western countries. France had multiple attacks today. I saw where someone in Germany was attacked today, too, all part of this day of rage that was called for by these so-called Palestinian leaders, um, people associated with Hamas. This, We seem to be so disconnected that we don't even understand the basic premise that they are committing war crimes, not only by the actions that they took directed at elderly, at the civilians, at children, but then also – holding their own people hostage, holding their civilians, and trying to use both captured, kidnapped people and their citizens as human shields. Uh, it's it's a war crime by every measurement, but uh, I just I, I get wrapped up here. Uh, Richard, I'm going to well, just step back and let you say some stuff. exactly correct. It's, it's hard for we people who want to live in peace and who have faith it's hard for us to comprehend how evil it, they really are, and they are showing evil beyond what the Nazis did before. And the first time I really recognized how bad uh, these people were was in 1988 when Iran and Iraq were at war. And I can't remember which one, but it was either Newsweek or Time had an article, and the way that they cleared the minefields so that the soldiers could cross the minefields was that they got their little children and put them hand in hand and walked them across the minefields to clear them. And they knew that children would be blown up, but they believed it was a sacrifice to Allah to do that. And so that's what's so ironic. They believe them dying for Allah is good, but even more so they believe killing Jewish people and the infidels, the non-believers, will get them to heaven as well. And I've seen videos this week of, of Muslims talking to people about how they hate them 
and they want to kill them for Allah. And that's how poisonous this is. And unfortunately, so many students on campuses around the country have been taught this poison. And we saw it at Harvard this week. And we saw people from otherwise good homes who bought into this poison, that Hamas is the victim and Israel is the perpetrator of all of this evil, and that the only solution is to wipe out Israel. Yeah. I mean, a, a big chunk of this still feels like just a general lack of education, too. There's so many people that are out there that see Hamas as being victims in this scenario. Uh, you hear the word apartheid state being thrown around so frequently that it's absurd. Uh, you hear this constant uh, discussion about occupation when when it comes to the Gaza Strip. There has not been an Israeli presence there since 2005. I mean, it's 2023. That's That's been a, a, a pretty long <laughs> minute at this point, Richard. How do we get the facts to penetrate the thick, relatively numb skulls of the folks that have fallen for this? Because if, if critical thinking is applied and you can help them to realize that their culture demands that they perform murder or suicide in order to gain favor with Allah, that they honestly believe that becoming a martyr is the only guaranteed way into heaven. If we can't get that ideology across to them that you've, you've met a nice friendly Muslim uh, at Harvard, but the Harvard uh, Muslim who was born here in the States uh, probably isn't involved to the same level as the twelfth imam believer that is hanging out uh, in Iran. It's just a completely different mindset. You haven't been exposed to it. You don't understand. These people just think differently, and they tell you that they do. You mentioned seeing them talk about how they hate them. They have said over and over again that they love death. In their mind, they're doing these children a favor by killing them young because they haven't had a chance to be corrupted by the world. But still, it's just – it's so infuriating because you see people taking the stand when they clearly know nothing about what they're talking. Well, yes, especially on these college campuses when they repeat all of this propaganda. The media feeds into it and helps. Uh, their hatred's so large, and they're – I'm going to say their lack of intelligence because there's been tests done on some of the people. And those two factors together prevent them from doing anything good. And as I, I always say you can't do anything positive with a negative attitude, and no one has a more negative attitude than Hamas. And so imagine this. Imagine Donald Trump owns the Gaza Strip, or imagine, imagine Israel has the Gaza Strip. You would see that Mediterranean coastline, and I've been to Tel Aviv, and it's a beautiful city. You would see the Gaza Strip be full of coastal hotels and resorts and all kinds of vacationers, people having a good time, and everyone making money off of it and prospering. And yet they've not done anything for themselves, and even worse, none of the Arab world helps Hamas. They're the ones that should be helping them uh, and have not for these last 75 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a reason. Uh, the people that are living there are typically among some of the most radicalized Muslims um, running around the planet. Uh, these folks are hardcore Mohammedans, a uh, term that I used for uh, believing uh, in everything as far as the jihad and the caliphate must exist, which is also why Iran loves them. Uh, both uh, Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, client states of Iran, have been for decades. Uh, it's still another one of those factors. Hamas has been supposedly the legitimately elected government uh, there since 2006. Uh, but regardless, every time they have an effort to get international aid, uh, they have piping sent to them uh, to create the running water and sewage infrastructure. Uh, in <coughs> excuse me. Instead, they build bombs and rocket launchers and things to attack Israel with. But there's a reason why Egypt doesn't want them. I mean, Iran, Iran, Israel offered the Gaza Strip to Egypt. They said, here, just take it. It'll be part of They didn't want the Palestinians that were living there to be <laughs> under Egyptian rule. Same thing with Jordan. They didn't want to take uh, the folks uh, up from the West Bank. It, it's a shame. Because the Arabs, they've got this two, uh, two-sided two sword here. They don't want people that are that radicalized within their own borders because they represent a threat to their power structures too. But beyond that, they like having them there because it's good PR against the Jewish state of Israel. Uh, it, it's just killing me. But worse than these college students, Richard, we have people – holding elected office in our federal government, particularly some squad members over in the House of Representatives that are very much pro-Hamas, very much anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. And again, I'm thinking if we had a Speaker of the House, we might be able to move to sanction them in some way. I don't necessarily want them removed from office over these ridiculous statements, but there should be some sanction for being supportive of Hamas over Israel during a time like this. Well, I agree with that. And I'll tell you one thing that's bad as well. The Biden administration has sent in the last two years $730 million to a United Nations group that sends the money to Hamas. And so how much of that money has been siphoned to their leadership who's living in the Mandarin Hotel in Qatar right now and living the life of Riley while they're Subjects are being bombed and killed over in the Gaza Strip. And so our administration, you and I as taxpayers, are sending money to Hamas right now. And so we need to remember things like that when we vote next year. And, yes, the mean tweets may be bad, but the president who said he was going to be president for all the people has not only enabled but is funding some of this. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, if it was just limited to the United States, <clears throat> it still would be a little bit better. But we saw this past week the uh, the EU uh, they decided initially right after the attack, okay, we're going to stop sending aid to Hamas, we're going to stop sending aid to, to Gaza, and within two days they had flipped. There was so much pressure put on them, so much anti-Semitic pressure. Put on the EU that they switched back and now not only are they restoring full aid that they had been sending before 
but they're increasing it. It's absurd to think that this they believe to be a good idea. Uh, when you see in France people attack today, uh, when you see attacks in, in Germany, when you see all this throughout uh, all of Western Europe, there was some type of display going on in support and solidarity with this terrorist group that seems to think that it is perfectly okay in a world that's supposed to be civilized, perfectly okay to believe in a faith, and I use that term very loosely in this instance, that encourages you to mutilate people, to, to kill babies, to, to rape women, to kidnap people, to take survivors of the Holocaust and take them prisoner. And for us to turn around, and by us I mean certain people here in the States, and claim that it's inhumane for Israel to shut off the water and electricity that they've been nice enough to supply for free because Hamas wouldn't build the infrastructure – and then Israel says they will turn it back on if you will turn over all of these kidnapped hostages that you've taken. A conditional situation. Release the hostages back to us. We'll turn the water and electricity back on. Way more generous than they ought to be in my mind. But this, here we go. Oh, this, go is why it's, this is why it's so important for Israel to strike hard and fast. We see the media already, already talking about these people as militants, not terrorists. We see the media and the Biden administration talking about proportional response, and we see the media pushing on the administration to limit Israel to a proportional response. To me, Israel needs to strike hard and fast before that pressure sets in to do as much damage to Hamas as they can, because the less they do, the faster and the harder Hamas will come back after them. Yeah, not only that, but it also encourages Hezbollah, and if Hezbollah starts attacking yes. from the other side, then I don't see how this, at this moment, relatively contained engagement doesn't spread, doesn't become a bigger uh, conflict, and I don't see how we stay out of it, to be honest, because we have interest in the region, and we certainly have region, uh, interest in keeping Israel a free nation. Uh, and as long well, as they continue hear, to target other allies and American citizens, uh, even Joe Biden has a hard time trying to duck our responsibilities to protect the citizens, although they haven't done a very good job at this point. Well, yes, and you hear Iran, Russia, China all coordinated with Hamas on this. Hamas admitted they began planning this two years ago after our bug out in Afghanistan. And it used to be people knew if you touched an American, you would pay for it. Uh, Reagan did that. Donald Trump did that. But now it's basically open season on Americans. And Hamas said they purposely kidnapped Americans knowing that there were Hamas members in the United States that they wanted to negotiate in a prisoner swap. We used to have, we don't negotiate with terrorists. But since Biden negotiated for basketball players and terrorists. Now, all of a sudden, they know if they take hostages, they're worth money. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's of major concern in regards to terrorists, 
Uh, you're down there on the Texas border, Richard. You've seen a lot of folks coming across that border. Um, a good number of them are not from Central or South America. A lot of them are coming across that border that are from places like Syria and Lebanon and, dare I say it, Iran. And uh, there's some folks that clearly are of Palestinian descent. What is the likelihood? And we've only got a little bit of time left, so uh, I want to give you a chance to respond here. Uh, what's the likelihood that we see something here on American soil? I think the likelihood is very high. Uh, this year alone, they intercepted intercepted 157 known terrorists. The last two years of the Trump administration, they intercepted three. That doesn't count the million point seven. 100,000 gotaways or the people that we never even noticed showed up. And you're right, 170 countries are coming across from China through Ecuador. Uh, all over the world they're coming. And to think that there's none of that group that's going to harm us is extremely naive. There was a theft a few months ago of a huge stockpile of ammonium nitrate like used in the bomb in Oklahoma City that blew up the federal building. So all well, remember, 19 people had 9/11, and to think that there's not 19 or more people here who can coordinate and attack us in multiple ways is very naive. Well, Richard, I hate to, but we're going to have to wrap things up and uh, sadly leave it right there, which is not a great inspirational point. But the point here is, ladies and gentlemen, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't let the terrorists control how you're thinking. Just be alert. Be situationally uh, aware and be prepared. That is the only thing we can do right now uh, other than vote in November and change the makeup of our government so we have some folks in a better position. Thank you so much, Richard, for everything you do. Appreciate you coming on. Love the opportunities to get together and hope we uh, have that chance again real soon. My pleasure. God's in charge and God bless America and Israel. Thank you, sir. Uh, amen to that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to have to be it for tonight. As always, thank you so very much for having uh, stayed with us to the end. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. using both hands 